Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Thank God it's Monday. How are you guys? I hope you had a uh, glorious weekend. Mine, of course, was spent uh, knee-deep in the honeydew list, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. I know. Kind of strange. Glad to have you uh, here on the show. Much, much, much to get to, including uh, Nancy Pelosi and her husband making a buttload of money on uh, what looks like, uh, well, you know, some people some people are saying, you know, uh, maybe insider trading because, you know, it's not very often that you get to, uh, you know, hear that uh, the government's going to give $54 billion to, uh, to a, uh, an industry and then uh, be able to use that information to go to your broker and buy a bunch of, uh, you know, semi-chip conductor maker stock. It's weird how that happens, so we'll get to uh, that as the show progresses. I don't know if you knew this also. Kamala Harris' speechwriter. <laughs> Uh, she resigned this weekend. Uh, this Friday, I guess, the Kamala Harris' speechwriter resigned so she can return to her uh, her career as uh, a children's book writer, I think is what uh, uh, happened there. What else? There, there's a bunch of stuff. There's just a bunch of stuff to get to. I want to talk uh, about uh, Joe Biden going over to talk to uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who, uh, you know, is the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, and he went over there to beg for oil. And he gets over there, he gets over there, and uh, the crown prince says, uh, yeah, we really can't increase production. Joe Biden goes over, literally, you know, we've, we're sitting on oceans of oil here in the United States. We could easily become energy independent. Again, this is, this is without debate. I mean, honestly, it's just stupid. It's a, at this point, it's honestly about as undeniable as this senility, and, and we'll get to that as well. But he goes over there, you know, even though we've got uh, oceans of oil over here and everybody knows that we have oceans of oil over here. Even liberals know that we have oceans of oil over here. And he goes over and he goes to Israel and he pays him a little lip service that he flies over uh, near Iran. And Iran says, oh, yeah, we got enough. Uh, we got enough uh, uranium now. We can make nuclear weapons. You know, that going on. And then he, then he goes, Joe Biden goes over to talk to the uh, crown prince of uh, of Saudi Arabia and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia actually ordered the murder of a uh, an, a, a journalist named uh, Khashoggi and uh, murder and dismemberment of him and this of course Joe Biden was really mad uh, about about a year ago but I think he's forgotten about it but uh, Joe Biden this weekend he said that he told the Crown Prince he gave him what fur uh, with regard to Khashoggi, he didn't say anything public about Khashoggi because, you know, I mean, you wouldn't want to say anything public and embarrass the crown prince in front of everybody. But the president of the United States started off the meeting with a fist bump, which generally means, or at least, it, you know, for the last couple of years, it meant you, you, you fist bump because you don't want to catch COVID. But really, it was meant to go like, hey, hey, boom, look what you did to a journalist. Son of a gun. I mean, I could only, I don't know, work with Facebook and Twitter and have people shut down and, and you know, call people, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists and all that stuff and literally work with social media and the mainstream media to shut stories down. But you actually ordered the murder of a journalist. And I got to tell you, that is uh, that is impressive. So give me a little fist bump here because, honestly, I can't, uh, I can't even dream of doing that to a journalist. It, that's that's just incredible. So uh, Joe Biden goes over and he, he fist bumps the uh, the crown prince, and then they have a meeting. And he said that he asked uh, uh, at least his handlers, Joe Biden's handlers, said that the, he asked Khashoggi or not Khashoggi because he's dead, the crown prince to uh, increase oil production so he could bring down the cost of oil. And then the crown prince, literally, I think it was Saturday, said we don't have the capacity to produce any more oil. So what the hell was the point in the in the flight? <laughs> you know, what, what was that? What was that? What was the point of the flight? 
to fly over there and uh, and come back with absolutely nothing. And and this entire mid east trip that he went on, he's a he's accomplished nothing. Donald Trump went over, made things happen, had the Abraham Accords, uh, moved the capital of Israel, uh, did all of this stuff. Should be nominated for multiple Nobel Peace Prizes, but won't get anything because you know he's a conservative. He's Donald Trump. And even the worldwide media toes the line for the left. So Joe Biden goes over. He comes back. He got nothing. He got nothing. Is it a surprise? Not really. Things aren't swell. Then I pray we may have a collapse at this rate. Joe has failed, failed and how Biden is coming up empty. Yeah, nothing. Joe's too old. Joe's too old. His bill back bad as a Joe should resign. Do it now. Biden is coming up empty. Nada. Inflation swells. Yeah. Watch it grow. That's right. We are going to hell under Joe. It's not his fault. He has lost. It's clear to see. What a cause to you and me. Take the Congress back in 22. Mr. Biden is coming up empty for me and for you. That is uh, Jim Gossett. Two S's and two T's. Uh, Biden uh, says that the Saudi minister who insisted he never raised Khashoggi's murder with... uh, with the uh, crown prince, uh, he's saying it was lying, but the, uh, the the minister is saying, no, they never really talked about it at all. They just kind of met, and, and uh, they never really talked about it at all. Uh, Al Jabur uh, claimed that he did not hear Biden mention Khashoggi to uh, MBS. Biden said that uh, the slain journalist was his first topic with the crown prince, but uh, apparently that never happened. Of course, uh, the president is also getting some heat for literally fist bumping. It'd be like high-fiving Hitler. It'd be like walking into uh, Nazi Germany's Hey, Hitler, what? Give me something right here. Doing the high five, doing the low slap, doing that, doing the handshake, the whole deal. Maybe doing that fancy handshake with Joseph Stalin, kind of what he did. Uh, the president was asked about uh, fist bumping Ben, ben uh, Salman, who is a murderer. Yes. Crown Prince. I just want to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? I just made it clear. If anything occurs like that again, they'll get that response and much more. Look, you've heard me say before, and when I criticized Xi Jinping, for slave labor and what they're doing. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't do that. That's a, that's a lie. You could almost depend on it being an absolute lie. In the western mountains of, of China. And he said... Never even, I'll bet you, didn't even come up. I had no right to criticize China. And I said, look, I am president of the United States of America. Sure, buddy. For the United States president remains silent. Yeah. On a clear violation of human rights. Oh, please. It's totally inconsistent with who we are, what we are, and what we And by the way, wink, wink, nudge, nut on that COVID thing. (laughs) Man, we sure fooled those suckers, didn't we? What we believe. And so I'm not going to remain silent. Can I predict anything's going to happen? 
let alone here, let alone any other part of the world? No. But I don't know why you're all so surprised the way I react. No one's ever wondered that I mean what I say. The question is I sometimes say all that I mean. No, you never do, actually. You always just lie. He's one of those people. You ever hung out with somebody and they just embellish everything? You know, like, for instance, I maybe maybe when I was younger in my 20s, I said something like, you know, I spent the night with Cindy Crawford. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I might have said that. I'm not saying that I actually did. And she did technically stay in the same hotel complex as I did. Well, actually, not in the hotel complex. She actually was in the city that I was in at the same time. But, you know, I did. I spent the night with Cindy Crawford. It would be like if I actually literally said I spent the night with Cindy Crawford and, uh, and she was in the city that I was in. And that would be like Joe Biden saying that he did with uh, Khashoggi when he went over, not Khashoggi, because, of course, he's dead again. But to the crown prince saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to bring it up in public. But behind closed doors, I gave him a little what for about murdering uh, Khashoggi. I'm like, oh, man, you ever do that again and there will be some hell to pay. Saudi officials have offered conflicting accounts of the conversation between Biden and they're just calling him MPS. Whether Khashoggi's murder was uh, discussed on Friday, Saudi uh, Foreign Minister Fasai bin Farhan, whatever, seemed to tell reporters that Biden did raise uh, Khashoggi's murder at the meeting, apparently, and then, of course, that went, uh, that went away. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the, uh, the fist bump. Now, here's why you, you, you kind of doubt what the president said. Here's what the president said that he told Vladimir Putin years ago. Biden also revealed what he told Russian president. And this is, uh, this is uh, the MSNBC team uh, you know, heaping praise on uh, Joe Biden to set it up. Vladimir Putin. I got criticized when I was last with Putin and we were in his office alone. And I would, he wanted to show me his magnificent office, and it was. And I had my arms up. I said, it's amazing what capitalism will do. Yeah, sure you said that. I'll bet you did. And as I turned, we were coincidentally just about this far apart, looking at each other. No, no, this is where it gets really thick. And I said, and I wasn't being a wise guy. I said, Mr. President, I'm looking in your eyes, and you have no soul. Sure. And he looked back at me and he said, we understand one another. That is a total fabrication. Listen to it again. Here we go. In your eyes. And you have no soul. Sure he did. And he looked back at me and he said, we understand one another. Yeah, it's important to, to understand. Not to threaten. Yes. To understand the other, where the other person's coming from. Yeah, no, and people actually believe that for a while. And, and they were willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for a while. Uh, one thing that I noticed this summer, did you notice that there are no uh, dear leader eating ice cream stories? Did you realize there are no stories about Joe Biden going to eat ice cream and how wonderful Joe Biden eating ice cream is? It's because even the idiots in the media don't believe his nonsense anymore. They also believe that he is uh, uh, mentally unable to be the president of the United States. Now, I'm going to get into uh, a little bit on this, uh, some more lies that Biden has told us, and, and, uh, and then uh, talk about his, uh, his dementia and how it is a danger to the country. And even the media notices this, and I've been talking about this for a while, and, uh, and we are in a very precarious and dangerous place. Because here is a president who clearly is uh, uh, brain-addled. He doesn't have his, uh, his faculties with him as far as brain function is concerned. And he also has a history of 50 years of lying about everything. And all of these things add up to uh, some very, very serious situations that we face as long as this man 
is in the White House. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. Got a loaded show today. Would love to have you guys take part. Let's go ahead and take our first break. You are listening to a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. So Joe Biden says of his meeting with the uh, Saudi crown prince, he said, in respect to the murder of Khashoggi, I raised it at the top of the meeting, making it clear what I thought of it at the time and what I think of it now. That's what he told me. He says, I was straightforward and direct. I made my view crystal clear. What happened to Khashoggi was outrageous. Well, apparently the uh, Crown Prince's handlers are saying, no, they never really talked about anything. He pretty much uh, just kind of assumed the position and said, I need some oil. And uh, we said we can't produce it anymore. So we went back to the United States uh, with nothing, with hat in hand. And, you know, if I use Joe Biden's kind of his life uh, of lying, I could say things like I said earlier that I slept with Cindy Crawford. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say that I slept with Cindy Crawford numerous times in the 1990s. Now, this means that we uh, we slept at approximately the same time. It doesn't mean that I slept physically with her. I slept with her, meaning that I slept at night, and chances are she slept at night. So technically, I slept with Cindy Crawford dozens of times in the 1990s. And, and this weekend, I actually sang with Ariana Grande. I did. She's a big singer. She's a world-famous singer. I sang with her this weekend. Uh, it was in my car with my wife, actually. My wife had her playlist go, and she was playing an Ariana Grande song. I kind of knew it, and I started singing with it. But uh, technically, if you use Joe Biden's reasoning, I slept with uh, Ariana Grande. Now, you're thinking, uh, wow, there's no way Joe Biden would lie about a meeting with uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia to give him a little what fur. Oh, my God, yes. That, uh, well, of course, he did that with Putin. Uh, he did that with, uh, with Vladimir Putin uh, years ago. He, he said he did the same thing. And here are some other lies that the president has told. I was appointed to the Academy in 1965. The Naval Academy said he was, uh, he was appointed there, but he wasn't. By a senator who I was running against in 1972. <laughs> Never planned it that way. I was, wasn't old enough to be sworn in. I was only 29 years old. Sure you were. When I was running. Yeah. I came back. I came back from South Africa trying to see Nelson Mandela. Oh, this is good. He, got, he went to jail. Hold on. I'm getting arrested for trying to see him on Robbins Island. He was in prison. Yeah. I had the great honor of meeting him. Too I had bad. the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto. You make me miss me. He held, actually, he held uh, in his arms, he held Martin Luther King Jr. as he breathed his last breaths. Professor at Penn. And Jesse Jackson is saying, I don't think that really happened. When I left the vice presidency, I had a chance to do a number of things, but I took a professor. I remember when I tackled, uh, I tackled, uh, you know, John uh, John Lennon's killer uh, right before the police came and got him. University. Lee Harvey Oswald on the book depository. I was there. I just started to pick up a package, and I heard a gunshot, and I went up there, and I tackled him before he could shoot again. Pennsylvania on presidential politics and history. So I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, no, the only one. one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. 
I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named. Yeah, Democrats went ahead and uh, stole the election for this guy in 2020. Can you believe it? Outstanding political science student in college. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. Biden lied about making foreign deals with his son, Hunter. I've never discussed my business or their business. And by the way, that came out this weekend. I'll share you the uh, the details on that. Apparently, uh, the laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop, shows dozens of meetings with uh, with Joe Biden and business partners. <laughs> I mean, this is so epic. You know, in a way, I, I kind of want to revel in this. I just want to, I want to just, uh, I'm thrilled the more we find out because, you, you know, the left and the Democrat Party should be embarrassed by it, but they have no sense of shame that you'd actually believe anything that this man says, particularly most recently, going to visit with the Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman and not saying anything about a murder, a murder and a dismemberment of a uh, of a journalist ordered by the Crown Prince. And he didn't say anything about in public. Nothing, 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 nothing. But he did it right behind doors. Oh, yeah, he went behind doors and he gave him a little what fur. Well, I'm, uh, I'm venturing to say that never happened uh, because everything that he's ever pretty much said in his life has been a gigantic lie. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. Hello there, Alex, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? with you this monday yeah um i think your call screener got confused i'm not like a joe biden fan but this whole khashoggi uh moral posturing i, I gotta tell you if i'm a journalist and i'm gonna get killed for doing journalism i'd rather have my throat slit like khashoggi than language in some western privilege uh prison for like 10 years like julian assange who's getting tortured for the crime of doing journalism it's just frustrating when you know, we're, we're going after, you know, we're moral posturing. Oh, Joe Biden's not doing a good job because he didn't, what, verbally attack the people that have to give us oil. Uh, otherwise, we're all going to, like, mm. have to pay $10 a, a gallon of gas. Meanwhile, Julian Assange is getting tortured in prison because he sure. exposed the Podesta emails. I mean, do you see the, do you see the, yeah, we don't care. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about Khashoggi, right? I care about well, 9-11. What well, happened with 9-11? I mean, why didn't we well, nuke Mecca, right? It was all Saudi Arabia. Instead, Bush threw all, flew all the private royal family people out of the country before they could be investigated. So what is, what is this? whole topic i think you should just go to the next topic well you're taking a you're taking a very circuitous route to try to distract me from the topic at hand alex but a very nice try a very nice try and i'll actually agree with you on a couple of things uh a saudi arabia's second biggest export is uh, export is uh, is terrorism that happened in uh, in 2001 and we still should not be begging saudi arabia for oil uh and by the way we don't need to uh we don't need to beg saudi arabia for oil because we have plenty right here you see alex uh, absolutely not, not him, necessary not whatsoever. We're not allowed, if we're not allowed to drill it, then we don't have it. So, uh, in my in my opinion, we don't. Well, really I'm, have with it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think we uh, I think we agree on some points. I'm trying to figure exactly where the kernel is that you were trying to get at. But I greatly appreciate your uh, your phone call today. Uh, it's all fall around. It's all nonsense. Coming up, Ronnie Jackson. He was the presidential physician for years. He says what everybody's afraid to say, that uh, Joe Biden's brain is gone, and even the mainstream media agrees. I'll share some audio from them. Your phone calls with welcome, guys, is 
So apparently Sunday at around uh, 6 o'clock yesterday, around 6 o'clock Central Standard Time in uh, Greenwood Park Mall in Indianapolis, Indiana, a man walked in to uh, murder a bunch of people with a uh, with a long rifle or assault rifle or whatever you want to call them. And <clears throat> anyway, uh, guy goes in. He ends up uh, uh, killing uh, uh, a couple of people there. And uh, thank God that Congress passed the first gun control bill in decades just a couple of weeks ago because it certainly prevented what could have been a, a massacre at the... Hold on a second. No, no, I am absolutely wrong. Uh, that had nothing to do with this case at all. It was a guy in the mall who actually had a gun who uh, ended the shooting spree. Ah, son of a gun. Son of a gun. I thought for sure that that, that landmark legislation that passed the uh, House, the, 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 the gun control bill the most significant firearms legislation in 30 years surely would have uh, would have stopped that shooting but no it turns out that uh <clears throat> there was uh, there was somebody in the mall with a gun and uh, they ended up uh, stopping the the shooting spree kind of weird kind of weird and you know it's funny because the mainstream media touted this big uh, gun control bill that passed through congress that was going to do precisely nothing to prevent mass shootings, and they made a big deal out of it. But they didn't make a big deal out of the fact that the Supreme Court said that uh, you should be able to more easily get a concealed carry permit and carry a weapon. So what do you suppose had a bigger impact on what could have been a massacre at a mall? Yeah, I think it goes without saying, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. So... I've been talking about this for a while. I think a lot of people on the conservative end of the uh, political spectrum have uh, been calling for Joe Biden's uh, the end of his pre- presidency because of uh, his inability to do the job because his brain is not there. It hasn't been there in a very long time. And, and uh, just literally about a month ago, I said, you know, we've got to start being adults about this. And, of course, I'll be blamed for being some sort of a, a partisan if I say that, uh, you know, we, Joe Biden should be removed from office. And you're only saying that because you're conservative. No, 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 no. Put, put Kamala Harris in there. Put somebody else in there. Then, then we'll know, uh, you know, at least that the ideas will be the thing that's failing and not just the man who is failing, being fed the ideas by somebody else. But Ronnie Jackson is actually a physician. Uh, he was uh, part of the White House Medical Unit for many years under President George W. Bush. He stayed there through two subsequent presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So he knows a whole lot about, uh, you know, the subject matter. And clearly, since he was the White House physician under Barack Obama's presidency, uh, Obama didn't look at him purely as a partisan hack. But, of course, this man is now uh, a member of uh, Congress, and here is what he had to say about Biden's dementia on Friday. Well, I think it's, it's on full display for the entire country and for the world, unfortunately. And I've been saying this since he was candidate, Joe Biden, Maria. Uh, this man should not have been put in a position to be our commander-in-chief, our head of state, and our president. And I, when, I, when I initially said that back before he was elected, there was a lot of pushback, and I said at the time, Give, us, give it about another two years or so, and it won't be Ronnie Jackson talking about it anymore. It's going to be his own party. That's what we see happening right now because this is becoming a, a real issue for us. You can- uh, the, uh, the, the emperor is naked. He's standing on a parade float. There's a stripper pole in the middle of it. There's, uh, uh, there's uh, some giant spotlights on either side. There's a marching band out in front and a uh, 73 Cadillac convertible with big horns on it, all to show the, the emperor who's naked. 
and the media's been ignoring it. You can see what domestically what he's done to our country. We've got our southern border, we have our economy, the price of gas. Uh, people's lives are not in, in a good spot right now. And then overseas, he's, he's, he's a national embarrassment to us right now. And it's No, he had a meeting with the Crown Prince Abdullah, or whatever his name is, and he told him, he said, you shouldn't have murdered that journalist and uh, all of that, and then he begged for oil and didn't get any oil and and never apparently talked about uh, this journalist murder. Big national security issue for us when we have somebody going over. His job as our commander-in-chief and as our head of state is to inspire confidence and to project strength, and he does just the opposite. So I'm seriously worried about it. I think everybody in the country's starting to get extremely worried about him, and he's, he's, he's not, he's not a... He's not in a position to, to do the job he's currently currently uh, being asked to do. I guess uh, at this point it's so obvious that he's addled. What's the point in keeping him in there? What What is the point in keeping him as the president to the left? What's he doing for campaigning? What's he doing for the down ticket, as it were? Hell, even, even, I mean, some of the major players in media even admitted what I did, I don't know, about a year ago when I said that he's never going to run in 2024 because he's not physically able to do it, mentally able to do it, and I doubt he'll even be alive. And I wasn't meaning to be a, uh, you know, what about it? He says, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. I've got friends who work in hospice, and they've seen it before. I've got friends who work in, in, uh, in uh, you know, uh, homes where people, uh, you know, uh, rest homes, I guess you could like call them rest homes, and, and they say, oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's well on his way. Well, here's a little bit more from uh, Ronnie Jackson. Again, it's not meaning to be a political attack. It's just, dear God, guys, what are we going to actually do about this? And he's putting our country and our future at stake. Well, I did. I saw him, uh, you know, periodically throughout the eight years I was there. I don't make the comment that I wasn't his physician at the time. Uh, I oversaw the, the, the guy that did take care of him, but I wasn't his physician at the time. But I've seen the same thing everybody else saw. I've saw Joe Biden uh, that was always prone to gaffes, but these aren't gaffes anymore. No. Something's changed. Toward, uh, you know, during the th- but you can't say anything about it. The, the time that President Trump was uh, our president, something happened and Joe Biden started having another issue, a, a cognitive issue that's related to his age. And like I've said before, what he's saying is that his condition may be accelerating or I'm not his physician. I haven't examined him, so I'm not going to make a diagnosis. But there's a lot of diseases out there that have a big cognitive component. If you can do telemedicine, <clears throat> seriously, if you could do telemedicine where you where you, uh, you know, and then a lot of doctors did, you could see somebody on a screen and you could talk to them real quick uh they can they can diagnose you and start treating you uh using telemedicine well uh the same goes with uh everything every time that joe biden opens his mouth he broadcasts what's wrong with him to doctors everywhere and yet doctors won't say a damn thing about it unless of course you're ronnie jackson parkinson's alzheimer's multi-infarct dementia i don't know what he's got going on but he has something that's causing him to have cognitive decline and it's progressive related to his age and, you know, we there's a lot. Oh, yeah, there's the fact he's almost 80 years old and the average male in this country lives to be 78. A lot of stuff you can do, Maria. There's a lot of jobs you can have out there that you can still be successful if you're, if you're not at the top of your game. President of the United States is not one of them. I had a friend um, over the, the last few days I discovered that uh, somebody who I, my wife and I were very good friends with years and years ago, uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. She's 57 years old. And this is very, very hard to take for someone who's 57 years old, who's got, uh, you know, younger boys uh, in high school and realizing that, uh, you know, chances are she's not going to be able to, you know, accelerate in her, bro- her job. She has many more years to, uh, to, to work. 
Um, and, and we're, you know, debating how do we help her? How do we help her? We can do a lot of things. Maybe, you know, doctors can do some things. Maybe we can do some things to help. But we, have, we are resigned to the reality that our friend will never be the same, will never be able to recover from Alzheimer's. She will never be able to recover. Nobody ever recovers from Alzheimer's. It doesn't happen. It's not here and gone. It, it does not happen. And we have to realize that this isn't going to get better. And we got to start being adults enough that we can say, I don't give a rat's behind which side of the political equation you're on. The man is not fit to be the president. Dear God in heaven, here, here's the media. This is the media over the weekend talking about uh, Joe Biden's mental faculty. Well, he tends to uh, shuffle sometimes mm-hmm. because he has, uh, you know... Uh, you know, uh, mobility issues that the doctors have identified. Uh, he sometimes his speeches tend to be a little listless, or he seems to momentarily get confused or have trouble summoning names. Uh, a third of oh, let's not step around this. Dear God in heaven, we all see it. The largest number said age that he was too old. Mm-hmm. That is a problem that's not. My mother died last year. She was ninety-one, sharp as a tack. Until the day she died. Going to get better. He's not going to get younger. He's not going to get any younger. I think there are a lot of people who have looked at him over these uh, last uh, years uh, and seen he isn't what he used to be ten years ago. He knows he's eighty years old, seventy-nine, eighty years old. He knows he's an old white guy in a party. Oh, uh, well, he had to throw in the white guy thing there. What the hell? It's demographically changing and diverse, and the future is not going to be an old white guy. When he does badly, when he stumbles, you get nervous. And you wonder, is it just a stutter? Is he tired? Or something else? Usually, I don't know, after about five or six years of that, you'd go, well, maybe it's not just a stutter. Listen, if anybody says that Democrats aren't beginning to have these questions behind closed doors, that's not true. People are. Yeah, now, I I know Tucker Carlson talked about this on Friday. He grabbed this piece of audio from 2019. And uh, and I guess this one kind of flew under the radar for me. This is Joe Biden in 2019 answering a question. Now, I want you to listen to what he has to say, all right? Listen to what he has to say and afterward realize that he said nothing. Watch this video and ask yourself if Joe Biden is really going to be the Democratic nominee, much less president of the United States. Now, realize when you hear this also that uh, AOC, when she talks, says essentially the same thing. Kamala Harris says uh, the same kind of word salad kind of stuff. But Joe Biden does it because he's just uh, confused. It was shot yesterday in New Hampshire. Keep in mind, we have not altered it in Kamala is just kind of dumb. Any way. This is entirely And so is AOC. Entirely real. Watch. Here we go. Vice President Biden, do you have a comment on the Chinese tariffs? I'll answer this question. The answer is yes, I do. The president has done nothing but increase the tariffs, the, the, the debt and the trade deficit. The way you have to proceed is we have to have our allies with us. It's not just us. We have to keep the rest of the world together. Okay. Secondly, we should labor should be at the table Second, as there. well as our allies, okay. because that's the only thing. And the f- fourth thing we should do is we focus the on thing the things there. that, in fact, I've been talking about for a long time. China's greatest violation is the way in which they steal our intellectual property. We should make it quid pro quo, as I've told when I was dealing with Xi Jinping. It should be simple. Here's the deal. You say that if, in fact, don't. Anything has to be owned 50% by Chinese to invest in China? Guess what? In America, it's the same thing. This idea of dealing with all the only people who are paying the price are farmers and working people right now. He's going about it all the wrong way. A lot of bravado, no action. He didn't say anything. 
And he did the, uh, he went from two to four on the list of things. Remember those, J- John Hughes, he directed the Home Alone movies and a bunch of Uncle Buck and all that. He had this, uh, this little line that he'd slip into the movies. And it was whenever there was a list, he'd say, like, uh, the bully, the big boy in, uh, in Home Alone, who was the brother, uh, he'd say, okay, one, two, D. And he'd do the list, you know, our one D two, and it, and it was this wink and a nod at people who were paying attention that uh, you know he just screwing with you. Well, Joe Biden did that by accident. One, four, D. Yeah, he said nothing. I got a little bit more on this. Your comments are welcome. Also, uh, I got somebody. Thomas in uh, Baltimore is going to join us in a second. Wants to talk about what it's like being a black conservative in in lovely Baltimore in just a second. Let's go ahead and take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. Why are we experiencing a, uh, a second French Revolution in this country? And I literally started talking about this uh, about 12, 13, 14 years ago. I said that we have a bourgeois, we have a proletariat, and we have a ruling class, which is uh, the bourgeois. We are the proletariat. We fight for the crumbs while the uh, rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul, uh, are making themselves incredibly rich because Nancy gets some really, really cool insider information about where federal spending is going to go. Like, for instance, uh, Paul Pelosi invested in EVs right before uh, Joe Biden signed an executive order saying that all vehicles in the uh, federal fleet have to be electric. It's weird how that happened. It's weird how that happens. And apparently Paul uh, invested a whole bunch of money in uh, in NVIDIA, which is a, uh, a world's largest semiconductor company, one of the largest semiconductor companies, those little chips that you can't have because they're not available. And that's why you aren't able to get a new car because of that. But oddly enough, apparently Paul might have known something about $52 billion in uh, money that the uh, United States government, you and I, are going to give to chip manufacturers to make chips, even though they should make damn chips because, you know, we live in a country where you can make damn chips and sell them and make money. But, you know, the the federal government is doing the same thing they did with uh, the airlines. The airlines, you know, they forced the airlines to shut down and do all these things while, uh, or not shut down, wear masks and all this. And then they gave $50 billion to the airlines. And what do we get from that? Well, we didn't get anything for it. No, you and I are still paying much more for airline flights. You can blame that because of, uh, you know, the, the attack on fossil fuels. But where did our money go? Didn't help you and me cushioned a lot of, uh, of CEOs. I'm sure a lot of CEOs got bonuses because, you know, the government got 50 or the, or the government gave them $50 billion. But here we go again. And Nancy Pelosi's getting rich of it. She's worth between 120 and $300 million on a $170,000 a year salary. Weird how that happens, isn't it? We'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Also, Hunter Biden met with his father at least 30 times at the White House or the vice president's residence often just days after we returned from overseas business junkets. Breakfast, lunches, gab fest between 2008 and 2016 raised questions about whether Hunter Biden was relaying messages to his father on behalf of foreign clients, cast new doubt on the president's repeated denials that he had any role in his son's shady overseas business dealings. These all uh, gotten from the personal calendar on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. So there's another lie exposed. 
Oh, you're being played in so many times. It's not even funny. Let's go to uh, Thomas in Baltimore, not necessarily related to the the uh, brain-addled uh, Joe Biden. But go ahead, Thomas. What's on your mind today? Okay. Uh, first of all, I miss Rush. Yeah, I know. First of all. Second of all, you headed the baton, and you are gracefully and, and intelligently, magni- magnificently carrying his job out. Uh, another Thank thing, you. I, you know, I'm a black g- guy in a college fraternity, but I'm, I'm also 70 years old. Oh. And I was attacked by my fraternity brothers when they found out I was uh, physically. Yeah, when you were when you were a Republican, you were when you were in college, you were a member of no, fraternity. No, 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 no. Last year. Oh. I'm 70 years old. Okay, I got that. So you were attacked last year by right. your fraternity brothers for being a Republican. So a, you, you a fraternity brother, a fraternity brother. Okay, so you, what yeah. what what fraternity were, were you a member of? Well, I don't want to mention the fraternity. That's okay. It's that's a, okay. It's that's international okay. fraternity. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So one of your old fraternity brothers decided to go after you for being a Republican in Baltimore. He just lost. His, he just lost it. He and, physically uh, attacked you. Uh, he physically attacked you? Yes. Oh, dear God. And what did you do? Well, I, 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 well, actually, the other brothers broke up, you know, the situation before it got, but I was intending to, to return the favor. <laughs> <laughs> so so your, your old fraternity brother didn't realize that you were a Republican, and you this came up in a conversation, and he, rather than debate he you. He knew, but it just, it just, it, it just <laughs> hit the fan all of yes. a sudden. Now, Thomas, um, I've noticed that uh, not only have my, all my friends in Maryland turned against me for being a conservative, but they really did when they found out I was a Trump supporter. Was that right. a part of it as well? Was that a was that a part of it as well? Does he know? Are you a Trump supporter? Yes, yes, I'm. Because okay. he is the best president in my lifetime. Well, that's no. probably why you got attacked because it's bad enough being black and conservative. If you say you're a Trump supporter, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get all sorts of grief about that, and you you uh, you were attacked. Let me make it worse. Real quick, I'm on go a ahead. Ballot. You're on a ballot for Congress. Oh, what's your name? Thomas E. Pinkston Harris. I spoke to you before. Okay, all right. Before you became internationally famous. (laughs) Well, Thomas, I want you to hold on because we're getting on a hard break here. I want to get your number here because I want to know more about your candidacy. Will you you hold on and get in touch with my producer, and we'll talk about this uh, later on. I'll hold on. I appreciate your comments about uh, about Rush and, and my show. It means a lot. Let's go ahead and take uh, take a break here, guys. Uh, We'll be right back. This is the Rob Carson Show. can't be the Democratic nominee. He can barely speak. How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, was giving him pills. Okay, now we're going to have more on this at the top of next hour, but you've got all these narratives falling. Russia collusion, 2020 election, Hunter Biden laptop, COVID from a lab, and now Joe Biden's dementia. All of that coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show on a Monday. Don't go anywhere, guys.
Hey guys, it's Carson. These trying times have caused Americans to consider a firearm or to add to their collection. Check out European American Armory Corporation. They specialize in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Whether you're looking for concealed carry or full-sized in three popular calibers, they have them. Now, if you are a first-time gun owner, you might consider the EAA all-in-one 9mm MC9s strike fire pistols that come fully equipped in a sleek, light, and ergonomic package. EEA's lineup also includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense. Plus, there's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA. EAA says skip the big names, get the quality and the features you deserve, and let them earn your respect. Visit EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson Show Monday edition at the bottom of the hour. Former Representative Doug Collins from Georgia going to be talking about uh, oh elections and uh, the president's uh, brain-addled brain. <laughs> oh, in case you didn't hear it, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, Congress passed the most significant firearms legislation in uh, 30 years. And apparently that may have foiled a mass shooting at a mall in, uh, in Indiana. No, no, I'm wrong, actually. The, uh, the, the gun control legislation hasn't done anything at all. And, uh, and none of that, that, that was passed uh, would have stopped uh, Buffalo or Uvalde. None of it. But what did it in, uh, in Indianapolis or near, uh, near a Greenwood Park Mall in Indianapolis was uh, a guy who had a gun, a guy who had a concealed carry legally. That's what did it. You know? And I will tell you, I'm just going to say right now, the only thing at this point that will save cities like Chicago and uh, New York and uh, Baltimore is concealed carry. I absolutely believe that 100%. 100%. Other big news over the weekend, Leah Thomas. Did you know that Leah Thomas, the uh, the swimmer who was number 467th in the country uh, competing against men and became a man, or a woman, I should say, the end of his junior year, and then shot to number one in the country as a female swimmer. Yeah, number one in the country for one year, followed in the footsteps of, uh, of uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who used to be a man, was the number one athlete in the world, and then became a woman. And then uh, Rachel Levine was a middle management government bureaucrat and was ready for retirement after uh, being in, the, in his position for years and years and years, had a, a wife and three kids, decided to become a woman. All three of these people became Woman of the Year nominees. Seriously, Leah Thomas. NCAA Woman of the Year nominee for being a dude. Who got nominated? Who got nominated? For Woman of the Year. For Woman of the Year. When it comes to manhood, Leah's got the gear because he's a manly man. A manly man. Leah Thomas is a man. Leah Thomas Still is has a his bait and tackle. You pen nominated Leah for this honor like we knew they were. He still dates women, too, by the way. The mockery they make, the liberties they take, all the women they have slighted, the liberal sheep that they've gaslighted, their philosophy is so short-sighted. Did it, did it? 
Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's. Jim Gossett Comedy. Now, it's interesting because uh, last week, Josh Hawley uh, interviewed the nutty professor, this professor from Berkeley who said that uh, men can get pregnant. I guess. And she also said that cisgendered women can have babies and cisgendered women can also. There are cisgendered women who can have babies. So Leah Thomas is a woman who cannot have a baby, but not cisgendered. Okay, so what the hell? Uh, you know, uh, you really? Uh, uh, people aren't very happy about uh, Leah Thomas being named uh, Woman of the Year nominee. Yeah, Martina Navratilova, uh, fellow NCAA uh, swimmer also. She, ha- she isn't, but another person was. They're both speaking out. Uh, University of Kentucky's Riley Gaines, among those people speaking out against uh, Leah Thomas becoming the Woman of the Year nominee. Dear God, I mean, what a slap in the face to women. Dear Lord. Navratilova, who uh, won the most major titles in women's tennis in the open era, uh, took to Twitter to deride the nomination. This is another slap in the face to women. First uh, female national title and now nominated for the Pinnacle Award in college athletics, she wrote. First a female national title. Unbelievable. The NCAA has made this award worthless. This is what... uh, the University of Kentucky's Riley Gaines said, and it is. It's a profound slap in the face to women everywhere. Uh, But, you know, I think what I should do, and I've got a lot of uh, female friends in broadcasting, I think that I should start doing my show and say that I'm a woman and get nominated for a Gracie. And I should just go past all of the women in broadcasting and and grab my my statue next year as a woman in broadcasting. Serious. Why the hell not? Uh, Am I going to get a Marconi nomination for this show? Well, you know, who knows? Who knows? But I'll tell you what, if I decided to suddenly be a... Be a, a woman, uh, there's a real good chance I could get nominated for uh, Woman of the Year as a broadcaster and, uh, and also possibly win a Gracie, which is essentially like winning a Grammy, but it's for people who talk on the radio. So I could get a, gra- a Gracie next year. I might have to call my friend Mary Walter and see what she thinks about me, uh, you know, winning a Gracie. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, she fills in on my show all the time. I don't think she'd be crazy about it. I'm just, I'm just saying. A couple more notes. I, I talk to, started off talking to the show about uh, Joe Biden's um, dementia and how it was on parade over the weekend. He lied some more. He said that he gave the uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia the what for about the murder of a journalist. It never happened. He lied about it. He said, you know, the same thing about meeting with Vladimir Putin. He says, I know you don't have a soul. And Vladimir Putin says, then we understand each other. Sure, that happened. You, you betcha. You bet that happened. But uh, Tucker on Friday said that um, the reason why Joe Biden is able to have a clarity of thought occasionally and this was pretty ballsy of him to say it because this is you know could get you in trouble uh, uh joe's on drugs conclusion that now sounds ridiculous but it seemed logical at the time this guy can't be the democratic nominee he can barely speak yeah, yeah, yeah. how did he manage to get through the campaign well it turned out we learned later his staff supervised by dr jill his wife 
was giving him pills before every public appearance, oh. checking the time and at a certain hour giving him a dose of something. Now, it's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times. Now, before I would say that this testimony is much more credible than Cassie, Cassidy Hutchinson in front of the J6 committee. For taking the medication, this person said, Biden was, quote, like a small because it's like believable a child you could not communicate with him he changed completely because he was on drugs and he clearly still is on drugs no one's pushing to know what those drugs are we should know all right one final note on biden's dementia but the point is joe biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago so we never thought this could happen. You it's like being surprised that Joe Biden would uh, make us energy dependent again and declare a war on fossil fuel. Uh, what would possibly give you the clue that he might do that? Oh, I don't know. He talked about it forever. You can't make a senile man president of the United States. This is our country. This is a real country. It needs a real leader, even when you disagree with him. We don't have one now. But someone who's in full possession of his faculties. No one would ever do that. It's crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve them. They will say literally anything, no matter how implausible or immoral, if it brings them more power. They knew exactly 100%. how incapacitated Joe Biden was. They lied about it. And the disaster we're living with today is a direct result of their lying. Think about all the lies we've been told, and each one of these dominoes are falling. And I've gone through this before. Russia collusion. It was absurd on the face of it initially that, that Donald Trump would collude with Russia. Russia would collude with Donald Trump to get Donald Trump in office. When Hillary Clinton had already been bought and paid for with $150 million into her foundation following the Uranium One deal, which she presided over as the Secretary of State. That's a fact. That is a fact. And then her charity collapsed right after she was not elected. Why is that? Was she really doing God's work with his charity? Or was it just a giant slush fund? Well, duh! Then there was Hunter Biden's laptop. It was literally censored before the election. Could have made a major difference. Completely shut down the discussion. Now we know 100% absolutely true. There's two dominoes that have fallen. Uh, we know now that uh, Deborah Burks, uh, who used to uh, work with Donald Trump, uh, was essentially Anthony Fauci's underling. She's now saying that, oh, yeah, the, uh, the coronavirus was already, I mean, it was boxed up and ready to go. Chinese government literally made this and delivered it. Not a big surprise. This is another one. 2020 election. That'll be the next domino to fall. You know why? Because there's copious evidence about it. Copious evidence about it. All of these dominoes are falling, and now Joe Biden's dementia. Suddenly, oh, my God, major revelation. The mainstream media is saying maybe his brain is addled. We've been saying this for years. And it, it's honestly, it's just ridiculous. I, had a, I did a, a, a podcast with a friend of mine, David Nastry, he's a comedian, this weekend. And, and he said, what is your, your, your slogan is what? And I said, it's I'm not stupid. And he said, why do you say I'm not stupid? And, and I said, because, you know, you get tired of arguing things when there's so much evidence. You just say, you know what, I'm not stupid. Um, when, when somebody says, well, what do you think that the, uh, what do you think that the election was told? I could go through, you know, the, the thousands of affidavits, sworn affidavits from people saying that they saw the, uh, the corruption, the, the thousands of, uh, drop boxes funded by Mark Zuckerberg that were completely unmanned, the five battleground states that stopped vote counting on the night of the election, restarted the next morning in favor of Joe Biden, 97 to 100% of the time. I could go to Wisconsin and say that there were, uh, 51 nursing 
winning homes where they had almost 100% voter participation, even though 50% of the population of those nursing homes are completely addled and unable to even feed themselves, let alone vote. But somehow, 97 to 100% of the votes from the 97 to 100% of the people in those nursing homes all went to Joe Biden. I could do that, but you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather just say, I'm not stupid. COVID came from the Wuhan lab. I'm not stupid. Uh, shutdowns for COVID were unnecessary. I'm not stupid. Lockdowns. I'm not stupid. You get tired of after a while just saying, I, okay, get, run through with, you know what? I'd rather just say I'm not stupid. And then, you know, we can have a little debate. But honestly, I'm done with this nonsense. Joe, everybody knows Joe Biden's brain is gone. He's worthless, okay? You wouldn't give him the keys to drive to your family reunion. Dear God in heaven, everybody freaking knows that. I don't care who it is. Kamala Harris knows it. Nancy Pelosi knows it. Everybody in Washington, D.C. knows it. And it's time that we finally grew up and said, gosh dang it, if we're going to live on this on this planet, in this country, we have to acknowledge that for our survival, we need a strong leader. Minimal, we have to have a strong leader. It's nonsense. And that's another word that I'm starting to hear everywhere. Nonsense. People are actually noticing that all of this is nonsense. Nancy Pelosi uh, enriching she and her husband beyond our wildest dreams. Do you think maybe she's using insider information when her husband goes out and buys all these stocks? Well, of course. You know why I think that? Because I'm not stupid. I will have some more information on this and Nancy Pelosi's reaction to it on the other side of the break. Kim, you hold on. You'll be up next. The number here, if you want to chime in, is 800-922-6680. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Proud to serve as the iceberg to the SS Titanic every day. It's The Rob Carson Show. The people around this country... They reject this nonsense. That is uh, Ron DeSantis. Here it is again. The people of this state, and I think the people around this country, they reject this nonsense. Yeah, this nonsense. And we're being fed a lot of uh, BS about everything. We are being lied to about everything. Uh, we were lied to about COVID. I, I said it was nonsense from the get-go. I said, yes, it was a very a very uh, uh, concerning disease, one that is highly contagious and would certainly affect those who had pre-existing conditions, as they all do generally. Uh, I, I questioned why there were no body pits outside of Walmart and outside of my daughter's school because there were just as many people, just as many people, uh, you know, who, uh, who were having to go to work. Uh, while other businesses were shut down, where are the body pits? Where, where is the? Where are all the? Fe- where are all the politicians? Where are the big name politicians and celebrities who died of COVID? If this is the worst pandemic in the history of mankind, where are the ex presidents who died of COVID? Where are the ex? Where are the Congress people? The, you know, we should have at least several members of the House and the Senate uh, would have succumbed to COVID, right? Isn't that? Isn't that right? Or maybe it was just played up. Maybe it was just played up because it was an election year. The same reason that maybe America's cities burned in 2020 and no, nobody on the uh, mainstream media or the Democrat Party said anything about it because they wanted to play it up because it was an election year. It's like we're being played. Yeah. And then NPR, which, by the way, as soon as, uh, as uh, Republicans uh, win both houses, they need to defund national public radio. National Public Radio is launching its own disinformation reporting team, prompting mockery online by those who pointed out the liberal network's long-sorted history of suppressing information it didn't want the public to hear. 
The uh, NPR completely ignored the Hunter Biden laptop story. I believe they still are, by the way. They still are. Uh, We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories, and we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions, NPR said, about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Quite frankly, that's, uh, that's where we ended up. This was a politically driven event, and we decided to treat it that way. One of the many things that uh, NPR has set up, now they've set up this, this uh, disinformation panel with your tax money. Uh, NPR, by the way, they exist in Washington, D.C. in a half a billion dollar building. Uh, they have their own sushi bar in this building. Uh, believe it or not, unlike a lot of radio stations around the country where, you know, they have seven or eight radio stations in a given uh, city uh, in a different studio row, and half of them have bodies in them. Uh, half of them are completely automated, and the rest uh, live on a substantial reduced salary. But NPR, they're living high on the hawk. They literally have shows on NPR that it's a one-hour show that runs on the weekend. They have a dozen people on staff. That's how, that's how high on the hog they live. That's what NPR does. Because, you see, they're, they're not beholden to news. Uh, they're not beholden to, uh, to sponsors, although they would have underwriting, so they really do have sponsors. And, and they certainly aren't beholden to ratings because, you know, they don't need ratings. Uh, in Washington, do they, 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 like in D.C., they do really well in the ratings because everybody there is a leftist. But uh, they, they need to be defunded because, you know, disinformation. It's all, uh, it's all nonsense. You've been fed a whole lot of nonsense. Nancy Pelosi's uh, drunk-driving husband, Paul, being blasted for buying $5 million shares in uh, semiconductor firm days after the, uh, before the congressional vote that could hand $52 billion to chip manufacturers. But you know what? There's nothing to uh, see here. This is clearly disinformation and misinformation. I know that the, the, you know, the, the Pelosi's are worth approximately $135 million. Actually, Paul Pelosi is worth $135 million, by the way. Um, and Nancy Pelosi is ranked 14th wealthiest member of Congress. Her estimated net worth is $46 million. How is this possible? How is it possible that a uh, 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 someone who is representing the public who makes $170,000 a year is able to amass such a fortune? It's like they almost had some insider information. It's just weird how that happens. Here's Nancy Pelosi talking about insider trading just a while back. We, I'm a big believer in our, co- our committees, and uh, we've tasked the... Um uh, House administration com- the, to review the options that members are putting forth, and they have different views on the subject. But I'd said that a, a certain criteria that I wanted to see was whatever whatever design. She's talking about uh, legislation to limit uh, Congress' ability to trade uh, while in session. They have for that. That's one. But the other is um, we have to tighten the fines on those who violate the stock act it's a how about we do this how about we investigate people who have become conspicuously wealthy as members of congress along with their family uh buying stock before major pieces of legislation or or executive orders are signed and that way we could actually uh, get uh, subpoenas and and testifying and then possibly uh, bring charges and put people in jail how about that how about that Let's go to Kim in Washington State. Hello there, Kim. You have a comment about trans athletes like Leah Thomas. Go right ahead. You got about uh, about a minute. Go. Hi, Rob. This is Cammy, actually. Oh, Cammy. Okay, go. Ahead. I'm good. Go ahead. Well, this um, Leah Thomas. They um, nominated for Woman of the Year yes. by the NCAA. 
Yes. That is that is an absolute slap in the face of all women. Yeah. Let me tell you that I I that is absolutely absurd. I know. I know it is. It is. It's, a, it's an insult to every female athlete who has ever uh, performed in the NCAA that she could come out of nowhere after being a man through her junior junior year, failing, and then decided to become a woman, became number one, and was nominated Woman of the Year. Uh, all UPenn alums should say no more funding of UPenn. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You're an embarrassment. Embarrassment. Representative, former representative Doug Collins, going to be joining us in just a second. You are listening to the Rob. Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show Monday edition, uh, Little Rage Against the Machine bumper music. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's early in the week, but uh, it's always there's always time for a little Rage Against the Machine, little uh, hot Generation X musical action. Uh, joining me on the phone right now, represent, former Representative Doug Collins. Uh, he is a uh, uh, rank was a uh, ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, was in the uh, U.S. Air Force Reserves. He's written this book, uh, "The Clock and the Calendar: A Front Row Look at the Democrats' Obsession with Donald Trump." Other than that, he hasn't really done anything. Other than that, uh, he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Uh, sir, good morning. Glad to have you on the show today. How you been? I'm doing good, Rob. You know, I'm a little bored. You know, every once in a while, my mom and dad, especially my mom was alive, dad, they always just shoot around and say, you know, eventually he'll figure out to do something he's going to do in life, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's start with what happened this weekend in, in Saudi Arabia with uh, Joe Biden saying that he gave the crown prince a little what fur with regard to uh, a, a journalist that the crown prince had murdered. Um, a lot of people are saying that didn't happen, including me. So what do you think? What do you think yeah, about his, I, his tall tale this weekend? I mean, look, we're, we're also talking about Joe Biden, who at times seems to have a hard time under, remembering where he's at, yeah. um, much less remembering what he says. And look, I, I think it was definitely far less than he let on. And, you know, and if it came up at all, it was, it was just in a, in probably in a broad stroke that he said the bigger issue is and i think this is why it really frustrated me rob so you look at the mainstream media you look at other the the media they were more concerned with this fist bump this uh you know is he going to talk yeah. about Khashoggi or is he not or why not the reason he's there and that is that i've destroyed i've worked on basically crippling the american energy uh market and i'm over here begging for a country to increase their oil production when they're basically almost at full capacity anyway. Where was those articles in the mainstream media instead of these articles about a, a something that happened? And I'm not denying that the Crown Prince or anybody else wasn't involved, but it, it's, it was all a distraction to keep from the very weak uh, look of our president begging Saudi Arabia for oil. Well, this uh, I'm trying to figure out the point of the trip. I, I really I don't I want to know the point of the trip. Like for instance, Nancy Pelosi. After we signed this, uh, they signed this bill, fifty billion dollars going to friggin' Ukraine, most corrupt one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Nancy Pelosi goes over after they signed the bill. I said, what's the point in her going over there? I mean, she could have just sent them her account number and her routing number. Honestly, you did not need to do anything to to get a little bit of that back. Uh, it's nonsense uh, that he went to Saudi. 
Arabia, and he met with the uh, pr- the premier of uh, of uh, Israel. I guess was supposed to like so many things uh, that his actions would literally supposedly speak louder than his his words, meaning that uh, he would go over, he would go through the motions of something with nothing happening. But that's good enough because he just touched base by landing in Israel and landing in Saudi Arabia, and the mainstream media would go, "Oh yeah, he's every bit as good as Donald Trump." You know, Donald Trump got the Abraham Accords and he moved the capital of uh, of Israel. But what Joe Biden accomplished this weekend was as good or better. All of that, of course, is absolute nonsense. What was the point of the trip? I, I think you may have hit it in the middle of that, Robin. I think I was more of the the trip's purpose was to show that you know, look, he's a world leader, and you know, <laughs> the previous administration that they don't like to talk about actually came up with something that should have won them a Nobel Peace Prize and didn't yeah. um, because of the politics. And but I, I'm going to take it a different different step in this too. Remember, they also don't talk about the fact that a few months ago that these uh, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and others would not return his phone calls. Yeah. And and this has to do with the fact that uh, the they're reopening this just absolutely terrible uh, joint uh, agreement with Iran yeah. and, and basically giving Iran you know back to the the table confi- you know anything that they want and and these countries understand the real threat of Iran and so I think that, that part of this was as well they won't pick up the phone I guess I got to go in person to beg and. <laughs> Yes, you know, yes. you know, it's like, I mean, look, you know, this is about like dating. Okay, Jill, you're already married, you know, Mr. President. You know, you're not, you're not having to push the dating emphasis here. <laughs> but uh, if they don't return your call, there could be a problem. Yeah, yes, you know, I'm just exactly. warning you. Hello, uh, I'm not taking your call. Is there a problem? Well, maybe so. Click. You know, I'll, um, I'll just drive by your place. I'll just drive by your place. Oh my yeah, God, there's another car there. What's I was going in on? the neighborhood. <laughs> it took me. I, I was in that neighborhood, man. It took me five cabs, three buses, and a train to get here. But I'm in the neighborhood. Let's talk. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, it is. It was, you know, and this to me, I I like to say, you know, that we've suffered a lot of indignities because of this president. We suffered the indignity. Seventy percent of our military said they were humiliated by the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I believe that 100 percent as many uh, at least Americans feel the exact same way. But he keeps dishing out these indignities. This trip to Saudi Arabia wasn't necessarily about Joe Biden. It was about him representing us and serving us up uh, the, the, you know, this embarrassing scenario. So I, I think it was uh, an insult to the American people that he'd go over there in the first place, hat in hand. And then what happened after that only added insult to injury. Well, I think also he's, you know, he's following the own footsteps of his, of his, uh, his president when he was vice president, you know, the, what I call the apology tour. And yep. Yep. the, yep. you know, I think the, we had the apology tour. Now the, the just frankly incompetent tour. Um, but when you look at this, Rob, and you think about what you know is going on here, it, it's it's a disturbing because you just had Jill Biden at a Democratic Party fundraiser basically say how much dreams and hopes he had to accomplish all this, but all these other things come up. Well, what do they think is supposed to happen? I mean, the the presidency is a multitasking job. It is not sitting there putting chocolates in a box. It is actually saying. I'm going to accomplish things because I'm a leader, number one. I'm going to accomplish things in spite of what everything else goes on because that's the way you get stuff done. And and for them to whine that, well, he's not been able to get a lot done because of all this other stuff in the world, look, they've made excuses for everybody else. I mean, if they if they think that's bad, I mean, they blamed everything from, you know, the common cold to everything else on Putin. They blamed uh, Republicans for everything else. And then they tried to blame Democrats for their failure to, to advance an agenda. This is it's it's an embarrassment on a lot of, of of 
you know, basically angles. Yeah. But the problem is both parts of this administration have issues. And that's, you know, the vice president and the president. I mean, we've went from Ronald Reagan, the great communicator, to uh, as the words of the vice president this past week, I told my staff to get me a Venn diagram. You know, typically it has three. I just asked for two. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, uh, because last week I, I saw Kelly, um, Kellyanne Conway. Uh, she was asked if Joe Biden would run for president again. And she said yes. And I said and I say and I have said for about a year now, there's no way he will ever make it there. Friday, uh, you know, I work on Newsmax. Uh, I do uh, I do watch Eric Bowling and I tape Tucker Carlson. Uh, I saw Tucker Carlson say that he has insiders saying that Joe Biden was given medication by his wife before speaking engagements and that he, insiders around him say that he is childlike. Uh, and and basically is not clear has no clarity of thought until he gets his medications. What do you think about Joe Biden running again for 2024? And what do you think about uh, his his mind right now? You were there in Washington. You probably had yeah. the opportunity to see it. What are your thoughts? Well, look, I, I think there's and just as a, a, an honest assessment, there's no one that can watch Joe Biden right now and has had any you know experience in dealing with him, say, in the uh, Obama administration or even in the Senate that will say this is the same Joe Biden. I mean, yeah. they just can't. Yeah. It, it would be just so, in, you know, just ungenuine that there was just no way you could say it. Uh, I think something, you know, the through the pandemic or through the you know the basements i mean there's there's just something not functioning as well as it should be yeah. um and and because you just see too many gaps you see you have mm-hmm, to watch mm-hmm. jill sort of you know hand hold him and, and taking places i mean it's just bad the other issue though is he's talking about him running um right now judging by the way all the democratic candidates are out there you know going in the midterms you know the best thing in the world that could happen for the republican party is for joe biden to run again yeah um because I think the popularity, the approvals, I've never seen it in my lifetime. And I go back to politics all the way back to Nixon. Uh, I was a kid, much, uh, very much of a kid. Sure, but, me too. But, I mean, watching it. But I've never seen a party turn so completely against their sitting president. Yeah. And that's the part that is, I think, that, that everybody needs to look at. And I think will eventually be the factor that, you know, a year from now, maybe 18 months from now, you start hearing, uh, well, he's not going to. Something has now come up. But, you know, then, yeah, yeah. you know, he'll draw the ire of the Democrats because then they've got to take some, you know, then they're they're back at square one trying to find a candidate. Well, I don't think he's going to make it. I, this is just me. Uh, I don't I don't see how he makes it. I know they're doing their level best to keep the 25th Amendment out of this. But if he's declined so uh, dramatically the last year and a half, what the hell's going to happen in the next year? I want to ask you a couple other things here. Uh, your thoughts on Paul Pelosi buying uh, five billion or five million dollars worth of uh, stock uh, shares in NVIDIA. No Knowing that coming up is a vote by the House on $52 billion given to semiconductor firms. Uh, what are your thoughts about Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, and the possibility of insider trading? Well, uh, look, I, I think they've been doing this so long that the insider trading question is probably off the table. I mean, Paul, go back and just look at how Paul Pelosi made his money to start with, okay? Yeah. Uh, a lot of federal buildings, buying federal buildings. This has been Paul Pelosi. <laughs> what, it just amazes me. It, take off the, the possible illegality. Take off anything like that for just a Just the absolute terrible optics of 
a speaker of the house and her husband, by the way, who has a DUI pending and, yeah. and other things that it just shows just a, to me, a disdain for the American people. It's one thing if they bought it. I mean, it's just, it's, but, but I mean, just to do this is conf in just the front end effect of the American <laughs> people to say, we're better than you. Yes. We, we're going to do this because we know number one, nobody's going to bother us about it. And it's, you know, it's the $12 ice cream all over again. It is just so out <laughs> yes. of touch. Yes. Um, that it just is amazing to me. I mean, and you know, and I know there's a lot of stuff made fun of and prayed about her Italian vacation and all this other stuff. Look, I'm for one, I don't care where she goes on vacation. I really don't. I wish okay? she'd stay. Yeah. Yeah. Stay over there. Have, have a great time. But what yes. it does bother me is when you have a speaker of the house who is supposedly so politically, and she is, okay, don't get me wrong. She is politically adept as she is that has such contempt for the appearance of what happens in her around her and her own family. Yeah, exactly. How dare you think that I could possibly enrich myself when I make an only $170,000 a year and I'm worth $300 million. It's kind of weird how that happens. Uh, January 6th hearings return this week. Uh, your thoughts on them thus far. Uh, uh, Adam Kinzinger says that uh, they really don't need Donald Trump to testify. Uh, I think they're, they're trying to dodge a bullet because they know that Trump would destroy them. What are your thoughts on the hearings, the witnesses so far, the revelations and uh, and saying that Donald Trump wasn't going to testify. Well, I think if you just take it from a from a standalone approach as if anybody was looking at it and didn't have an opinion made up, were there a few things that made you go, "Oh, wow." Okay. Yeah, there have been, but for the most part it has shown itself to be what I think they were hoping it wouldn't, but it's becoming more and more now. Is this is a very much of a partisan affair and don't hand me the fact that that Cheney and, and Kinzinger are Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is these are Pelosi picks. This is where, though, and I'm going to tell you a little bit different. I'm really concerned that McCarthy and them made a tactical decision, uh, a wrong tactical decision to actually not put other Republicans on there. That that that, and even if they didn't want Jim Jordan or or Jim Banks or others, yeah. because like Kelly Armstrong was one that was had been chosen, and others. They could have at least asked different questions. I'm not going to say that it would have been a different outcome, but but for instance, when um, you know some of the Cassie Hutchinson and others were testifying, you know if they just also if you notice this is not a regular hearing. No. This has been interesting. It's a very choreographed hearing, which they brought on ABC producer for. Yes. But not everybody gets to ask questions. So, uh, again, you may my sentiment may be wrong that they wouldn't have given a chance to a, a minority view. But instead of just playing the one clip that, that the chairman wants played, what about going and taking the whole deposition and saying, okay, well, that clip's fine, but here's three or four more other clips yeah, that set yeah. the stage for that question. Yeah. We're not getting that, and people are seeing that. Well, of course, and there's no cross-examination. I mean, it's, it's nonsense. That's the word. I've been saying yeah. nonsense for a while. Uh, even Ron DeSantis this weekend said, you know, people are tired of the nonsense, and I think we are. We've got to take uh, – we've got to go. Um, we are out of time here, but I do appreciate you joining me. You have joined the uh, the podcast crowd. you got the Doug Collins podcast. We also work with, uh, with uh, someone, John Fredericks, as well. Well, uh, tell people where they can find you, uh, uh, former Representative Doug Collins. Where can people find you on the interweb? The best, the best place to go is DougCollinsPodcast.com. That's where my podcast is. We, we, uh, we run it out everywhere you get your podcast. And also, as John as, as Rob said, I'm on John Frederick's Network, 3 to 5. I actually follow. For those of you who listen on the Frederick's Network, I follow up. You, you hear me every afternoon, 3 to 5, right after the great Rob Carson. All right, my brother. Have a glorious uh, week and best of luck to you. And we'll get, on, get in touch with you again. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's the Rob Carson Show. 
We got Dick Morris on the show tomorrow. This is a big deal. He made some headlines this weekend. He says Trump's going to be the nominee. There's no doubt about it at all. And I thought about this this morning. And, you know, we're hearing ads. I saw Christy Nome's got a new ad. And, uh, and I don't think it's because she's running for president. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. I think she's running for vice president. I really do. I'm, I really do. Dick Morris says that all of this is fall to roll. There will not be a primary. Donald Trump will be the candidate. I'm not sure exactly how that happens. But think about it. Trump running, I absolutely believe he'll win. Vice president will be the next president and will win a second term. So whoever is Trump's VP will be the president for eight years following Trump's uh, tenure. I you know, maybe I'm just, uh, I, this, this is just my gut. This is just my gut. This is just, uh, you know, something that kind of came to me. I'm like, yeah, there, there are people running for vice president. Nobody sane person is going to run against Donald Trump. No sane person is going to bother wasting the money to run against Donald Trump. There you go. 100%. So I think they're running for vice president. By the way, Dick Morris's book, The Return, it's in bookstores everywhere. You can get it for free. All you got to do is go to thereturn911.com. You get some information there about the glorious Newsmax uh, newsletter, which I write for, by the way. And you get the book for free. Save 28 bucks. Thereturn911.com. Thereturn911.com. Dick Morris will join us on the show tomorrow. Barbara in Baltimore is calling on a Monday. Hello, Barbara. What's on your mind today? Hello, Barbara. I guess Barbara dropped off tomorrow, by the way, Maryland primary. A governor's race uh, going on there and a Republican primary for governor. Uh, there's a woman named Kelly Schultz who is running, who uh, is uh, supported by the uh, governor of the state of Maryland, who is a rhino, and his name is Hogan. So you got Hogan and Schultz. No, thank you. No, thank you. Dan Cox is also running. And you'll notice in Maryland that all of the guns, all of the long guns are coming out for Dan Cox. Because he is a Trump-endorsed candidate. You know what Trump's record so far in primaries is? 145 and 11. So if you think that, Don, that, that, uh, that Dan Cox or, uh, or uh, Doug Mastriano for governor in Pennsylvania are unelectable because you keep hearing these ads on, on uh, TV and on radio that say they're unelectable because they're Trump supporters, uh, you're wrong. They're the most electable, and they're the ones that the left and rhinos are most afraid of. Just thought you should know. Just thought you should know. New headline, two-thirds of Americans cutting back on restaurants uh, and movies. 61% are driving less. Four in ten say they are spending less on restaurants. And listen to this. A third more are using credit cards as 40-year high inflation hits home. I told you this, guys. I told you this weeks ago. I said we're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. Do you know why we can't live paycheck to paycheck? Because if you were living paycheck to paycheck with gas being $2 a gallon, and now that gas has gone up 100%, and your paycheck hasn't increased 100%, well, you're not making it to the paycheck. You're not ma- I've been there. I've been there. When I got out of college, I lived on my Amoco card for a few months. <laughs> That's what's happening to America. This is Biden's America. Uh, your calls are welcome, 800-922-6680. Much more to go uh, through on the Rob Carson Show. Stick around. We got a ton of stuff to get to in the uh, in the next hour 
Uh, Adam Kinzinger says they don't need Donald Trump to testify before the January 6th committee because he's terrified of them. No, actually, he's saying no. They they don't need him. They don't need him. Uh, also, gain of function. It appears the uh, NIH, the NIAID officials expressed plenty of concern about gain of function uh, research going on at a Wuhan laboratory. There's another domino falling. There's another domino falling. You knew they were right. Uh, also, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the findings coming out of Uvalde with regard to the uh, uh, the school shooting and the murder of 19 students and two uh, two teachers in Uvalde. 400 law enforcement officers on scene responded. One gunman, and they couldn't stop him. It is a colossal failure by the uh, local and federal authorities. We'll get to that next hour. Your phone calls as well, 800-922-6680. All of that is coming up in the last hour of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Have you guys signed up for Stamps.com yet? Well, time is money, and you don't want to waste uh, time or money with repeated trips to the post office. Stamps.com, you could skip the trip, focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right now from your computer, saves you money on the process. So you spend less time at the post office and more time making uh, your customers happy. Stamps.com gives you access to all post office and UPS shipping services you might need from your computer and to get discounts you won't find anywhere else. All you need is a computer, standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code NEWSMAX at Stamps.com for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code NEWSMAX for Stamps.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show, two hours behind us. Uh, one more in front of us. There is plenty to get to. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. Also, the podcast is called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. And it's available at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All of the platforms that you're used to as far as getting uh, podcasts, uh, they're available there. So Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc. Just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast and check it out. If you would, we're doing the entire show now. Not just, uh, you know, 40 minutes or 30 minutes. We're doing the entire show. It, it, it's edited down about, uh, you know, about two hours. All right, so three-hour show, made two hours, and uh, people enjoy the show. I also want to do a little shout-out, if you would, please. I had a delightful conversation with uh, a woman in Alaska. Her name is Care Tuck. Care Tuck. And uh, she's written a couple of books about some of the obstacles that she has had in her life, including cancer. Uh, she has uh, fighted, uh, fought cancer for uh, years and years and years. And uh, I, I had heard from a friend of mine yesterday that uh, she was a big fan, that her husband is a big fan of, of the show and the TV show. And I called her yesterday and I had a wonderful conversation. They lived near uh, Wasilla, Alaska. And uh, they live along the Little Sioux River up there. And I was uh, talking about how envious I would be to live next to a beautiful Alaskan stream going out be able to throw a line in, catch a, a salmon or whatever, or a, a, a trout. 
And uh, she told me, and he told me, that uh, there are a ton of people in uh, Wasilla and around uh, Wasilla who are big fans of the radio program, the TV program. And that means, um, that means a lot. So I, I want to say hi to Care and her family and, uh, and all of the folks near Wasilla, Alaska, who listen to the show. It's, um, I'm honored that you would do that. As, as the show grows... Um, and it is growing pretty dramatically and pretty exponentially, and we're adding affiliates all the time. It is such a pleasure to know that there are people listening where they do listen, and that is, uh, you know, all over the country. Um, you know, somebody, uh, apparently she talked to uh, my friend David Naster, and they were surprised that I would call, and I, and I said, uh, no, no, no. Uh, if, if somebody, think about this. I had to sell cars for three years. I grew up on a farm, okay? Uh, you know, I've done every kind of manual labor possibly imaginable. You wouldn't believe what I've done in my life. Most of my career has been spent in radio. But if somebody says that they're a big fan of your show and that they, they listen to your show every day and you get the opportunity to talk to them, you call them. So I, I did. And um, I just want to thank you for listening and thank you for watching the TV show. It, uh, it means a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. All right. With that said, we have a brand new uh, a piece of satire. I actually wrote this this weekend. Jim Gossett came up with it's about Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul, insider trading and making a lot of money. When Nancy came to D.C., she had one thing on her mind. She'd use insider info to enrich herself in kind. And they're worth a couple hundred million bucks now. Her hubby Paul was clever when he bought stock in EVs. Then Biden stroked an order. Executive order. And electrified the fleet. Entire government fleet. Pelosi's, they make millions while they take us for a ride. Yeehaw! Now we learn they're insider trading all the side. Well, it's alleged, right? Alleged. We'd be in the slammer if this were you or me. It's time to prosecute Paul and Nancy Pelosi. After November, let's do it. Ripping us all. A couple of thieves <laughs> Day trading on the side Yeah, that's where they make their real money. <laughs> That's uh, Jim Gossett, uh, two S's and two T's, jimgossettcomedy.com. Steve in Chestertown, Maryland, joins us on the phone. Hello, Steve. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Uh, how you doing? I got a straightforward question. Why aren't every time uh, Nancy Pelosi's name mentioned, why don't they say oligarch before? She is the definition of an oligarch, and she sits right behind the President of the United States. Yeah, and Steve, Steve, you know who else is an oligarch? You know who others are oligarchs? Pelosi, uh, Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, they're all oligarchs. They are exactly, they look, they look up to Russia as the template. They really, really do. They look at Russia as the template because they, working in cahoots with like-minded uh, sycophants in uh, in corporate America, they can enrich themselves. So while, say, for instance, um, you've got uh, Jeff Bezos, he's the 
richest, one of the richest men in America, in the world, and he owns Amazon. Uh, Hillary Clinton, or or Nancy, let's say Nancy Pelosi currently, she is a board member on a $5 trillion company. How many people could say that, Steve? So Nancy Pelosi's on the what? same playing field as, as somebody who built a business like uh, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, but she hasn't had to build anything. She just directs the money. So, yeah, she's an oligarch. But everybody thinks that you're going to vote them out of office in November. Dominion, they have the power. You cannot vote them out of office. Like Boss Tweed said, how can you how can you vote us out when we count the votes? Dominion, sad news for everybody. You're not going to vote them out of office. Dominion. Well, um, I'm going to uh, agree to disagree, Steve. I greatly appreciate your phone call. Um, I think the wave's going to be undeniable. I do. Um, it has to be. Okay? I'll just say. It has to be. Otherwise, um, we're screwed. And uh, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. 80% plus of the American people say the country is going the wrong direction. If, for some reason... The election results do not show that. It will mean they did the same crap that they did in 2020. Let's go to uh, David in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hello, David. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. You want to talk about inflation and prices and, and all of the uh, the bad news that's uh, coming out. Uh, go right ahead, my friend. What's on your mind? Don't take this the wrong way, Rob Carson. I just miss Rush Limbaugh, but I'm so glad you're on the air. I'll stop that. I understand. Now. I miss him, too, man. I listen to him every day for 30 years of my life from when I was in my 20s. I'm a, I'm a late-stage Rush baby, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it. I was a late-comer myself, and I yeah, realized all the talent you put into it. And enough about you, because oh, I'm not oh. trying to... Now, let's keep this going all day, David. Let's, in fact, tomorrow, I, I, I let's make the topic about me and how wonderful I am. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, may I respectfully say shut up? Uh, <laughs> a, minute, a minute ago, you said that gas had gone up 100%. Yes. I was looking at the prices, you know, just last night, and it's well yes. over 100% uh, by now. Oh, and yeah. the, he uh, released the strategic oil reserves. Oh, yes. what a great move. Fist bump the oil reserves. Yes. Uh, and, and it's over 100% now, but combined bacon, oh, don't get me started on bacon and bread and, and baby formula, and it's well over 100%. Oh, yeah. The price increase is all combined, plus everybody's higher wages offset by the, the planned inflation and, yeah. and everything adds to that. And I'm sorry, drill, baby, drill, drill. What doesn't he understand? Where am I? Who am I shaking hands with? Yeah. Joe, come on. What an embarrassment. Yeah. Rob, yeah. I love it everything you've done. I, I look forward to your radio program. I look forward to what in the world every weekend. <laughs> and I'll you, tell you, every time I'm listening to you, I'm hearing Rush Limbaugh's comedy. And every so often I just regress, and I have to do this impersonation. It's an homage. Anyway. All right, my brother. Work, sir. Thanks for the phone call. Do appreciate it. Do, do appreciate it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Rush Limbaugh's uh, missed. I miss him. You know, yeah, this weekend we saw the uh, you know the story about they're going to sell his uh, mansion and, and all this in, in Florida, and and there are days that you know there are there are a few people, uh, famous people, you know that you remember where you were when they passed. You remember 
their lives and and the, the longer you live on on the earth you know the more you know my wife and i were were talking about this this weekend we saw you know the entire career of certain people like michael jordan saw the entire career even though we're younger than michael jordan we saw his entire career um, a good share of uh, clint eastwood's uh, uh, career we've seen almost the entire thing grown from a, a young man to an old man uh and the whole deal and then uh, and then rush limbaugh i was there for every ounce of his almost every ounce of his uh, his syndication as a national syndicated host I was there from the beginning. I started writing for him about it within the first year, I think, that he started in New York. And he's missed, and he's missed. And, and I will say, once again, that I'm not uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, his shoes are not fillable because he changed broadcasting. He changed talk radio, changed the world, politics. I can't even begin to quantify what he did. What I can do every day is to, uh, to honor him. So that's what we try to do here. Uh, let's go to Vinny in uh, Green Spring, Maryland. Hello there, Vinny. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Well, your caller about five uh, – first of all, thank you for allowing me to be on the air. I really oh, appreciate it. You bet. You uh, in, in regards to the caller, maybe two callers ago, uh, saying that the same things, the scenario with the election, I think it's going to be the same exact thing over again. And maybe you can convince me it's not, but I just want to understand how somebody can be so unresponsive to the American population, seeing what he's doing with all our reserves and all our resources, and we're basically giving them to China. And this whole thing between the virus and and, and can I understand one thing? Yes, sir. More than a million Americans died from this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And we've just swept it to the side, and it's not even yeah. over yet? You know, you know why, Vinny? Because a million people didn't die of COVID in America. Oh, my God, Rob Carson is a denier. He's a denier. He's a denier. Rob Carson is a denier. No, I'm not. One million people did not die of COVID. That's a lie. That's bull crap. And we all know, and we even heard from Deborah Burks. She... You know, when she left office, Deborah Brooks left office, she said that the government was overplaying its hand with regard to COVID, with regard to saying that the number of deaths were all attributed to COVID. And now she's saying, after she's written a book, not only that, but she's also saying that it came from a lab in Wuhan. Vinny, this is all about destroying the country. This is all about Joe Biden being a puppet. I totally agree. And being steered by one Mr. Barack Obama, who said years ago that he wanted to fundamentally transform America. If you want all of that, I can go through the whole litany of things that I have said, all of the evidence that would point to the Democrat Party hating an America and its foundation and wanting to bring it down. So in a nutshell, if you ask me, is Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, are they just trying to destroy America? I would just say to you, yes. Do you know why? Because I'm not stupid, Vinny. All of the evidence points in that direction. But I appreciate your comments. Here's what I have to say about this election. You live in Greenspring, Maryland. Which county is that in Maryland? Okay. Uh, Say for instance, I lived in Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, What are you doing? What are you doing as a conservative? I'm hearing from people like Barbara in Baltimore, a good friend of the show. Uh, She's she's putting her money where where her mouth is. Or putting her mouth where the money is. I wanted the other. Anyway, she's volunteering. She's working on campaigns. She's monitoring. She's going to be monitoring poll positions. She's going to be a witness. She's going to be uh, helping to count the votes. She's going to be there. She's going to volunteer. That's what you got to do. So you can sit back and you say, it's going to happen again. Or you can get involved. I've got a polling place right up here. It's uh, Mid-America Nazarene University. I know exactly where that's going to be. And I'm going to be volunteering on election day. So there you go. 
That's what you got to do. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. Very few times do you have a, a caller who has her own theme song. But you know Barbara from Baltimore does. Hello, Barbara. How are you today? Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm always just so humble when you do this. <laughs> well, you know, here's Barbara, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I've already, you're the, you're, you are the template. And I'm not screwing with you when I tell you this. You're the template of being involved as a Republican. You're the template, Barbara. You're the one. If, if we have enough people follow your lead, there's no way this midterm election is going to get stolen. There's no way that the 2024 is going to get stolen. That's why, you know, and I had a chance to meet you. And, and, you know, not only the fact that you're a person of color wearing a Donald Trump monster truck shirt, that was the first thing I was like, dang, this girl is something else. But also knowing that you, you put your effort where your mouth is. Um, what are your thoughts today? And then I want to hear also about uh, Dan Cox and all of the, uh, all of the, uh, the headwinds he's facing with money being spent uh, for his, the, the rhino candidate, Kelly uh, Schultz. And, uh, and what's happening tomorrow in Maryland. Uh, but your thoughts, first of all, before we get into that, what's on your mind today? Well, my first thought is that Joe Biden really is uh, in cognitive decline. Um, he's not running this thing. My mother had Alzheimer's, and he's on that last part. My mother, rest her soul, she died when she was 82. She had Alzheimer's from, the, I guess, about 75 is when we started to notice it. So it does take yeah. some time to happen but um he's there people need to just recognize that and um, deal with it because we're in trouble i think everybody needs to be armed to the t i think if our enemies are going to come at us they're going to come at us now amen you were right you are 100% right, Barbara, there's, and there's no doubt about it. Let's move on to, and I've been saying there are a lot of uh, these, these uh, candidates, like Dan Cox in Maryland, like, uh, like uh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, and I've heard some of these ads that they cannot win. Uh, rhinos, and, it's a, it, but, but Donald Trump is, one four, is 145, Donald Trump is 145 and 11 in primary so far. So you tell me that a Trump-backed candidate isn't going to win. I don't believe it. I think Dan Cox, he's not only got the headwinds, I've met the man, I've met him with his kids. Uh, he's a wonderful father. And more than anything, he is the America First candidate. Kelly Schultz is, you know, I don't want to call anybody names or anything, so I won't, but uh, Karen would be a real good description. She's cute. She's cute. She's cute. I'll give her that. But there's not a whole lot else going on here. And uh, anyone who is backed by Hogan, and I went to an event where her running mate said that they're going to build on the successes of the Hogan administration. I said to my friends as I got up to leave, uh, what successes? Because, see, I knew that I was yes. not going to get caught. <laughs> there, yeah. there are very few. I mean, the rain tax is gone, but, hey, 
Uh, oh, the rain tax. That was idiotic. The rain tax was being debated when I was there, which would mean that every ounce of water, every every square foot of space of, of surface on your property, even if you have a driveway, would be taxed because they said that the rain goes to the Chesapeake Bay. It's ridiculous. I suggested they put a, a, a harmless radioactive isotope on your driveway to see if it shows up in the Chesapeake. It would never show up. It might end up in Iowa, but it's not that nonsense. That said, well, well, tell one success that we could say that he had but other than that um you know it's, it's a lost cause barbara and, tell tell the 2000 restaurant owners whose businesses went out of business during t- uh during his tenure shutting down 2000 restaurant owners alone in maryland yeah. tell and me that's a that, success the beauty salons i have a i have friends oh. at beauty salons and she was on on the morning show uh i heard her this morning i could it's like she lives in another world talking about the businesses that she's encouraged to come here and, you know, all these things, we're talking about this and we're talking about that. That's the problem with rhinos. They're always talking about stuff. Dan Cox is going to get it done. And you yeah. know what got them real scared, Rob, in my opinion? What, what I think that? got them scared? Dan Cox, has, uh, he is for school choice. I mean, I'm looking at his wow. part. I, and, I mean, this is what he says. And I believe this man is going to do what he does. And that's what voting is all about. When somebody says they're going to do something, we need to hold them to that. And uh, he's got school choice. No CRT is at the top of the list. Parental rights. We need that here. We've got yeah. schools that are failing these kids, and we've got school where the CRT has a, a lot of the kids being bullied because yeah. of race. That yeah. needs to end, and he's going to be the one to do it. And- Barbara, now we got we got to run, um, oh. uh, but I want I want to get a uh, follow up with you tomorrow as the uh, as the primary happens, and uh, and and uh, I'm hoping and praying that uh, Dan is the is the candidate. We'll find out on with. Real, real quick, go. I'll be real quick. I'm very concerned about uh, a liaison who worked in the Obama administration for the entire tenure of Obama and up till uh, 2021 uh, in the NSA. That tells me that Tea Party, all of the organizations, the IRS, all of the surveillance, all of that was is known by that person. I'm concerned about that person running for District 2 Congress. I am very concerned about that. We do not need a John McCain in Congress. Dave Wallace is the man. All right, all right, Barbara. You have a glorious day. We'll talk tomorrow. Uh, you can call us tomorrow. I want a full uh, update as the uh, primary happens in the state of Maryland. Maryland can be saved, honestly. Uh, the previous governors and uh, this Republican governor have made Maryland a giant suck fest. Uh, but it's a great state with great people. That's the most important thing. Let's take a break. Come back with the last half hour of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. It is Rob Carson Show on a uh, on a Monday. I hope you had a good weekend this weekend. If you get a chance to check me out on social media, I did uh, put up some uh, a lot of material over the weekend, including some things that I are not politics, by the way. Uh, sometimes I'll post uh, something I'm cooking. Or this weekend, they did a big project on the house, and uh, it was actually something I enjoyed doing. Uh, my wife and I we watch a lot of HGTV. And uh, and so I shared a little project there. Maybe maybe give you a little for inspiration outside of uh, you know politics. Because oddly enough, I know it's hard to believe I actually have a life outside of the show. It's not much of a life. It's pretty much just me doing the honeydew list and going to the gym occasionally. But that's about it. Anyway, um, so Adam Kinzinger says uh, Donald Trump's testimony. T- 
testimony, testifony. Well, it would be phony if it's in front of the, uh, the January 6th hearing because it's a phony committee. Anyway, Donald Trump's testimony wouldn't have much value to the January 6th committee because uh, he believes that the, uh, the president would lie under oath like uh, Cassidy Hutchinson did uh, about a week ago saying that Donald Trump had manhandled a uh, Secret Service driver's arm trying to wrest control of a beast out of, his, out of, its, out of the, uh, the Secret Service agent's control. Here's Adam Kinzinger yesterday. What is the value in speaking directly to the former president and the vice president when the former vice president's chief of staff and his you know, legal advisor have testified to you. Why do you need him physically there? And what would the president's testimony do? Yeah, and I'm not sure we do need them physically there because, again, we're getting a lot of information, and I think you'll see after 30. And you also don't want to be countered. You don't want to have uh, uh, not just have sycophantic, uh, sycophantic butt kissers in front of you. That's one reason, because Donald Trump would give you a little let what fur. Uh, by the way, the same goes with Steve Bannon, who now, whose trial begins today, and I hope he does the same to, uh, to that court as well. But uh, this is a kangaroo court. It's a joke, and the reason why they wouldn't want to have Donald Trump there is because A, Donald Trump is very popular, because B, 70 million people still believe that the election was a joke, and C, uh, it would further wreck the January 6th, uh, any, any, uh, any credibility it has whatsoever. Stays hearing, we know a lot. Um, look, Donald Trump has made it clear that he doesn't mind not telling the truth. Let's just put that mildly. He lies. Okay, kind of like Adam Kinzinger, who's also in the January 6th hearing. All the time. I, and I, you, you little tool. I, I wouldn't put it past him to even lie under oath. Uh, so I'm not sure what the value is there. That's, again, something we're... I See, there you go. He just did what he was going to do. He just exemplified why the January 6th committee doesn't want to have Donald Trump there. Because he can say things like Donald Trump would probably lie under oath, and Donald Trump isn't there to counter that. If Donald Trump were sitting there, and this little... Mm-hmm. D word for Richard said, well, you, you know, you got you here. Chances are you'll probably just lie under oath. He would never say that to Donald Trump. You know why? Because he's a little D word for Richard. He doesn't mind not telling the truth. Let's just put that mildly. He lies all the time. I, I, I wouldn't put it past him to even lie under oath. Uh, so I'm not sure what the value is there. That's, again, something we're... See, this is kind of like Joe Biden going overseas to criticize the Supreme Court. There's nobody there to punch back. And that's what Kinziger just did. Just such a little, I mean, honestly, I'm so glad he is so done, so done politically. And, and this, this January hearings will not do anything to forward him as a politician in Washington, D.C. or Liz Cheney. They're done. The little uh, plastic thermometer in the turkey breast is popped out. They're done. They're finished. Let's go to uh, Todd in Reisterstown, Maryland. Hello there, Todd. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Yeah, new Ms. Carson. Uh, you know, look, I hate. Uh, look, I'm going to I'm going to bring up uh, something that's not a very pleasant thing to bring up. But the president of the United States is uh, has sole authority over the launch of nuclear weapons, and when there's a launch procedure, there's a few minutes to respond. And when if he decides to actually do something like that, there's a there's a there's a card he keeps in his pocket. It's sealed. It's known as the biscuit in the industry. And on there are a series of letters and numbers and symbols. And he's supposed to know. Which which ones are there are the, the the actual codes that he enters into the system, okay, the satellite uplink to launch nuclear weapons. And I don't know and he's supposed to memorize these and these these codes change every uh, a period of time, every few weeks or every month, I I don't know. And 
I'm going to bet that he doesn't remember the codes, especially when it comes to crunch time, that crunch time. And those codes are not supposed to be known by anybody else, only him or her. And I think if, the, if, if we're sitting here and thinking this, then Iran knows it, China knows it, Russia knows it. And I think they think, like, look, if we want to do it, we don't think that he can react. We don't think the United States can react. Mm-hmm. And we can actually run the tables. Todd, I, um, I'm not sure exactly what sort of um, system is in place right now uh, in the United States. Um, I, I understand the power of the, uh, granted, the president of the United States. I would need to hear from an intelligence expert or a defense expert to find out exactly what sort of, uh, what sort of propriety he has and, and what he's able to do uh, autonomously on his own. I'm more concerned about the tail end of your, uh, your conversation, which is Russia developing hypersonic uh, weapons. They've already talked about that. Uh, Iran now saying that they have the nuclear, um, uh, they have the atomic material needed to build a to build a bomb. Uh, I'm more concerned about that uh, and, and taking advantage of the United States in a time of great weakness, which is being broadcast every single day. Um, as much as we'd like to uh, give peace a chance, the left has always said, give peace a chance, like that would somehow make the whole world go, hey, listen to us, because, you know, you just give peace a chance. Uh, what they do is they look at countries that say give peace a chance, and they go, ooh, target, I like this. Because while you're singing Kumbaya, all they're thinking about is how to kill you. That's the, old, that's the concern I have right now, and that's one of the many reasons why Joe Biden needs to be removed from office post haste uh, using the 25th Amendment or impeachment. I agree. A 25th Amendment or something. Look, I, I don't care if it's a lefty liberal or what well, I do, but like, I, at least I need somebody in there that somebody can say, we're pretty sure that person knows the codes and they won't see it as a, a real opportunity to do something that, that cannot be undone once it's started. I believe that if there were a president, uh, a Republican president of the United States, who was displaying the same sort. Now, they faked all this crap with, with Donald Trump. They said that he was uh, mentally this or that. He actually had cognition tests. He passed. He flew through them. He had no issues whatsoever, uh, you know, and all of this. But if there were a Republican president who was displaying the same sort of issues mentally, I believe the Republican Party would be able to have an honest conversation. And they would also have a better backup than freaking Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and that's the, that's the biggest fear. There are plenty of uh, Democrats who know that Donald Trump or, or uh, that Joe Biden is not is cognitively impaired and unable to be the president of the United States. Their worst nightmare is Kamala Harris stepping in and somehow making things worse, which at this point, I don't know how it could be, Todd. It's, it's, it's not good for the country. Again, no. politics are politics, but we're talking about national security at the highest yes, possible level. That cannot be messed around with. That cannot be taken lightly uh, for political reasons. So I think that's what's going on here. Well said, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. Diane in Perry in Perry Hall. The thing that that last caller brought up. Oh, I know. Diane, they just ran a PSA Uh in New York, in New York City for in the event of a nuclear holocaust. Where did that come from? Because we have not run. We haven't run those ads. Diane, 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 stop. (laughs) Diane, listen. Anyhow, I have a whole bunch of stuff. Is this thing on? Hold on. Diane, hold on. Okay. Hold on. They ran a PSA in New York City 
against a nuclear holocaust, what to do in case of a nuclear emergency. Yeah, they, ha- they haven't done it in 50 years. Uh, now, go, now go ahead with your thought. We take turns. Oh, okay. First of all, I love your song parodies, and I wonder Thank where you get them. And could I send you one for your perusal? And I don't want any money. I just... Oh, okay. Well, that's okay, because I don't have any to give you. Um, okay. Where <laughs> could far, I send... Well, could I, like, hang one later? Yes, I'll get you... I'll get you I'll get you a number. I'll tell you, generally, I don't accept um, uh, a lot of solicitations from uh, listeners because I get a billion of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I write all of my material with the exception of the material that I collaborate with Jim Gossett or Jim Gossett does himself. Well, right? I guarantee you, you will love it. All right. Well, we'll you, I, you hold on, okay. Diane, and I'll, and I'll give that to you. A couple other things. Um, Real quick. Uh, oh, how the hell did Kamala pass the bar? Does anyone know? I don't think she's ever passed a bar. Hey, oh, thank you. I'll be here all week. You have to. <laughs> and Green New Deal should be called Green Raw Deal. Yes. And the swamps should be called the cesspool because swamps are really good for the ecosystem. Yes, they are. So, You're exactly and right. And has anyone noticed how Kate O'Malley suddenly changed her ads? I... She first was, her first ads were two issues. She was going to protect voting rights and abortion rights. And when I saw them, I was like, wait a minute, isn't the AG supposed to keep us safe? And then all of a sudden she changed her ad. So someone must have told her, you know, look, you got to campaign on something other than just those two. Now, for my national audience, uh, uh, Kate O'Malley is the former, uh, the wife of the former governor. Right. um, Martin O'Malley, who's a radical leftist. Uh, Kate O'Malley's running for AG in Maryland. Uh, So because we have a national audience. Mm, Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, obviously, sh- we, everybody knows who she is. Uh, they think by just um, shouting loud enough that she's the opposite, that, that everybody will believe her. And uh, uh, Maryland Democrats will, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so. And we just recently went to the Eastern Shore, and her signs were plastered everywhere. Of course they were. Everywhere, all over the Eastern Shore. Yeah. Well, let's hope she doesn't... Uh, she doesn't get elected, but I appreciate your phone call. Uh, hold on a second, Diane. We'll get you the uh, email address if you'd like to send a uh, you'd like to send a uh, piece of comedy if you have it. Generally, guys, uh, I'll just tell you, I've always been my own comedy writer. Um, I started writing for Rush. I had been writing for others uh, radio networks before that, and I always wrote my own material for my own show. Uh, and I do share other material, but I always give credit to other people. Jim Gossett is someone I've been writing with for years. Jim and I collaborate on stuff. Uh, and uh, and then he also just writes his own stuff. And whenever he I feature it on my show, I do that because I trust Jim Gossett. He is a friend of mine. And he has great judgment as a comedy writer and a performer. So that's generally... I, I do get a lot of solicitations from people. And, and um, I appreciate it greatly. Uh, there are exceptions where I'll run material if you send it. Um, don't take it personally if we don't get back to you right away because we get a lot of solicitations, and sometimes I opt to kind of keep it in-house, all right? Uh, but that, that said, I do feature other people on the show. Sean Farish is a guy who does Trump impersonation. I've written, written with him uh, and had him do a few things like my version of Trump singing uh, Fight for the Right to Party. 
things like that. But if you have a, a suggestion, you can write me at uh, robc at newsmax.com, uh, robc at newsmax.com. That's my corporate email. And if you have a parody, you can send it. Not guaranteeing that it'll get on the air. Uh, not guaranteeing it'll get produced if you just send lyrics. In fact, if you just send lyrics, I, I, I will not produce your song. I, I don't have time to do it. I don't have time to, to do that. You can write your own song, produce your own song, um, send it if you'd like, but I, I, will, I won't, don't have the time to make your lyrics into something um, because, you know, it's just the way it is. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, come do your job if you sell insurance. I wouldn't want to sell insurance. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. All right, listen, we, we do have to take a break. Our time is uh, running short today. Uh, still much to get to before the end of the radio program. Let's stop right now, take a break, be back. This is The Rob Carson Show. to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. So nearly 400 law enforcement officers were at Robb Elementary School during the Evaldi uh, school shooting that resulted in the deaths of 19 students and two teachers. 77-page report regarding the police response. And I'm sure that this has law enforcement steaming around the country because uh, we still have that spirit, by the way. You'll recall back in 2001 that uh, 350 firefighters and police officers went into the World Trade Center and were summarily crushed to powder. Uh, they knew most probably they might not make it out alive, and uh, they kissed their families goodbye and did what was necessary. That spirit still is alive in law enforcement. What happened in uh, Uvalde, I believe, was uh, an anomaly. I would like to believe that. I do believe that because I see heroism and I read about police heroism every single day. This is uh, Dustin Burroughs. He is a uh, Texas House of Representatives member talking about the failings in Uvalde. Let me tell you a little bit about the reports. We talk about the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District. And let me say this, with hindsight, we can say the Robb Elementary was not adequately prepared for the risk of a school shooter. The school's five-foot fence was inadequate. Despite a policy of locked doors, there was a regrettable culture of noncompliance. In fact, all three exterior doors to the building were unlocked that day in multiple... Don't worry, legislation from our Congress will take care of that. ...exterior doors were not secure. Oh, no, not at all, actually. ...the day of the shooting. When I talked about the false sense of security, I do not believe that Uvalde Consolidated or Rob Elementary is the only school with these issues in it. Well, you better get yourself together. That's all I got to tell you. This is Eva Guzman. She is a Texas uh, Supreme Court justice talking about uh, uh, being a police officer, uh, being an officer of, uh, of law enforcement and what it entails. Those facts will allow those agencies to take a deeper dive into the actions of law enforcement and hold them accountable. The report says if you're not willing to put the lives of the people you serve, of those children, before your own, in my view, you should find another job. And she's 100% right. 100% right. Okay. So I'm getting ready to wrap up the show. Uh, I know that you and I, we pay attention to similar media. 
we are involved. We do uh, re- research. We do prep. We just kind of, uh, you know, you watch the news. And, 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 and this weekend, a big story was uh, Rush Limbaugh's home being up for sale. And I've heard it reflected today, people calling up and they'll say, Rob, I love you. I really miss Rush. And, uh, and I know that, uh, that for many people who listen to, to talk radio, just having the story mentioned gave you pause and you went, gosh darn it. You know, you still can't believe he's gone. I get it. I, I did the same thing this weekend. I did the same thing. And, uh, and I, I wanted to wrap things up today with this. Uh, my buddy Jim, who I've been talking about, Jim Gossett, uh, he did this a while back. And, um, and I just want you to know that I, I will never fill Rush Limbaugh's shoes. I never claim to. Um, but the thing I want to do every day is to honor him. So I, I know I've had that reflected even in emails. Uh, you know, hey, man, I love you, but I miss Rush. Obviously, there's still that, that emptiness. There's still that ache that exists when somebody like that passes. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this because it's positive. With talent on loan from God. Excuse me, Gus. You have my brain tied behind my back, to be fair. Jim Gossett. You were the sunshine of our life. Rush. <laughs> That's why we'll miss you oh so much. You know, I'm the mayor of Realville. <laughs> you cut down liberals like a knife. Yeah, he did. Rush. Ill Rush Ball. Forever you'll be number one. I am Rush Limbaugh, household name. America needed a hero. In all four that. corners of the world. And then you came to our rescue. The Limbaugh Institute for Advanced Conservative Studies. Competition, you had zero. How could so much talent be inside of you? And don't doubt me. You were the sunshine of our life. Rush. That's why we listened every day. That's it. It's not much more complicated than that. You helped us get through all the strife. No one will ever take your place. Five administrations. Because Rush was, Rush was the sunshine of our life. He's missed. Miss that voice. Of our life. Of our life. Meeting and surpassing all audience expectations every day behind this. I hold an EIB microphone. All right. Well, this one is, I think, pop metal. And uh, again, I just hope that I can uh, honor his memory every day. And I know you remember him this weekend. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap things up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, you want to write me, rcarson at newsmax.com, rcarson at newsmax.com. If you want to uh, suggest a song parody or send one or you just want to talk about uh, the show, whatever, rcarson at newsmax.com, rcarson at newsmax.com. Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you. And until tomorrow, do not... No matter what, catch the stupid. I'll see you then. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.